Hosting for your tech life. Proudly provided by Web Central. Everything technology, from computers to mobile phones, TVs and the internet. Information you want, want. all the help you need. Your tech life with Trevor Long. And thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. This is Your Tech Life, episode 286. Oh, how the time does fly. And um, we're doing it each and every week. Thanks to the good people at Garmin, Garmin Satellite Navigation, GPS Technologies. And look, an interestingly special show for you today. And interesting because I'm really interested in the topic. Uh, and special because not quite normal. Uh, no um, podcast exclusive interview, no calls this week. But um, I want to talk about everything that happened with Apple at the WWDC. That's a granted, of course. That's the big news of the week. But I also want to bring you my conversation with the NBN CEO, Bill Morrow. Now, this conversation took place on the radio show on TUE on the weekend, but to be honest, the, the things he talked about, the calls that he took, I think, are 100% relevant to you. Um, you, my, my podcast listeners, are almost identical to my radio listeners. Just you, you get your content a different way. So I, I want to bring you that. I've, I've cut all the ads out, and it's just me, Tim Webster, and, and Bill Morrow, uh, plus your call. So... I will bring you that at the end of the show. It is a full hour of radio, so I think it's 40-odd minutes um, here. So we'll talk about the, the the Apple WWDC. We'll talk about uh, the NBN. So much to get through. Now, we do it all as I say. Thanks to the good people at Garmin, Garmin Satellite Navigation and GPS Technologies. And I should also say um, to the man I ran into at the Penadils pub on uh, Sunday night, hello, and my apologies for pretty much walking away because um, we, we, were, we were off to... Uh, uh, function with family and friends but my wife brushed me she went to a different family function so it was just me and that place is chaotic and i had three kids who didn't know where they all were um but the most lovely person um whose name i didn't even get that's how rude i was didn't even ask a name um stuck out the hand and said g'day mate love your podcast and that meant so much to me i was telling everyone i knew that night that someone had uh, gone to the trouble of a recognizing me and b uh, telling me that they enjoy the show so thank you um, feel free to email me and, and let me know um, who you were because, uh, you know, it was very rude of me not to stop and, and have a longer conversation. But um, I think you understood that the kids were driving me insane and we'd only just arrived. So fun and games. But it is uh, lovely to hear from people who uh, who listen to the show or listen to me on the radio, whatever it might be. And obviously, um, when, <laughs> when, when you're a television viewer... Um, the the awkwardness of live television came to fore this only this morning. Um, I, I was on with Carl Stefanovic as I regularly am um, to talk about the Apple WWDC announcement, and Carl, in his random way, decided that we should dance. Um, that was good. <laughs> so, if you ever want to see a fat fool who doesn't dance dance on national TV, that's me, and uh, you'll find the link in the Twitter feed. So, lots to talk about. Lots to get through. I want to bring you all the news as I saw it from Apple, um, WWDC, right here on Your Tech Life. It might sound crazy what I'm about to say, but Trevor Long's the world's best techie. He's the kind of guy we picked on at school, and it wasn't fair.
So uh, this is a regular thing for Apple. They, they are very easy to read as a company, except for the watch that was new, right? So uh, every year in June, they, they invite developers from around the world to register for a, a ticket to WWDC, the Worldwide Developers Conference. And, um, you know, you've got to get yourself there and everything. But as a developer, someone who builds app, it's a really unique opportunity to get involved in sessions about the uh, developing apps, you know, learn how to make apps better, learn tricks and, and, and actually speak to Apple people, Apple uh, engineers about how to make your apps better. And, you know, it's a very, very popular event for, for developers. And it's the event where Tim Cook stands on stage and talks uh, broadly about how the company's going. Didn't do that this year, didn't talk about numbers, except for the fact that they have, they have now reached 100 billion app downloads. And of that then has resulted in $30 billion being paid to developers, which by my reckoning means that at least $10 billion has been made by Apple. So doing pretty well. Um, so they stand up and they, they talk about the latest. It's very strategic. The, the latest operating system for the Mac, OS X, uh, the new operating system for iPhone. And this year they talked about two other things. Firstly, operating system for the watch, and then a new service, which I'll tell you about after a break. But oh, let's start with the Mac. If you've got a Mac... Um, you've probably got OS 10 Yosemite, which is the last year's version. It was launched at the end of last year. Um, it's it's not honestly it's not radically different. There's a lot of cool things about it. The spotlight search function appears in the middle of the page, and it's quite quite intelligent. Um, but the new version is going to be called OS 10 El Capitan. Now I had known nothing about the United States, but apparently El Capitan is a um, um, a site within the Yosemite National Park. Which tells us that this is an incremental update. Yeah, it tells us that this is not <clears throat> a, a revolution; it's an evolution. And to you know, kind of hammer that point home, I'll tell you the two things that I noticed <laughs> about El Capitan. Firstly, if you've got a, a trackpad, um, an Apple mouse trackpad, um, you can use swipe gestures in your mail. So if you've got a message highlighted, you can swipe left and right to delete or flag for later. Like um, uh, uh, like you do on your iPad, so that's new. <laughs> it's not radical, but it's it's probably useful to people who, you know, use the trackpad and use the mail, and other apps will, will follow. The big improvement, though, I think, is in Safari browser, and they've got a thing in there called pin tabs. So if you regularly open Facebook, Twitter, and your email, what you can do is you can pin those tabs, and they appear on the left-hand side of your tab bar, and they're there all the time. So when you open your browser, those three appear. You can have as many as you like. Um, they also have, uh, you know, often when audio is playing in a tab, a little, there's a little speaker on that tab. Well, if you can't find that tab, there's a mute button, so you can just mute the audio coming from Safari because those bloody annoying ads and things that happen. Um, that was about it. I mean, there was more. But if I'm honest, not a lot to talk about with OS X, El Capitan, except for the fact that it sounds stupid to say. So that's interesting. Um, so look, I think that's an automatic upgrade. If you haven't moved to Yosemite yet, you, you have to ask yourself why, and this probably means it's not for you either. If there's a reason, then you're probably not going to want this one either. So then let's talk about iOS for the iPhone. 83% of iPhones in the world are running iOS 8. Now, that was only launched in September last year. Oh, what Google would pay to have 83% of its users on the latest operating system. That will never, ever, 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 ever happen because Google's operating system is linked intrinsically to the to the style of hardware that's required. And, you know, I won't talk about it this week, but the, the Alcatel One Touch Pixie, a little smartphone I've got 
here at the moment probably wouldn't run that well on the on the newest newest new operating system. So you've got a real you, Apple has control over its phones. There's five or six of them out there. They know what it's going to work like. Google can't. Now, the big things I saw from iOS 9, so coming later this year, and there's actually going to be a public beta. So you, the general public, can, can download iOS 9 in, in a few months. Go to beta.apple.com if you want to be part of that. Um, they're, they're, they're talking about better battery life. That's a good thing to be talking about. They reckon an hour better battery life straight off the bat. They're also talking about a... Um, um, kind of an extended low-power battery mode, so that'll give you another three hours by, as Craig Federighi called it, pulling levers you don't even know existed to, to improve battery life. So that's good. Um, they are launching, this is big news, they are launching an app called News. Now, the reason it's big news is because it's Apple once again crushing um, some app developers. <clears throat> There's an app called Zeit. Uh, there's another one called, I think it's Prismatic, and then there's uh, Flipboard. Now, these are apps that have allowed people to kind of ingest a whole bunch of content from sites they love, and, and they learn more about you, and they then offer you up content and news articles that you might like to read. Apple's bringing that to their own native app. So with news, you'll, you'll get a, a beautiful, rich experience, apparently, from online content. Um, they're talking about this as being the, the, the best ever digital magazine, um, as a as a web content creator, it, it worries me because I don't mind you reading AFTM content anywhere on any device. But the problem is you're never going to see my ads. Um, so if I'm trying to monetize my content, which I really don't right now, I don't know how I do that in, in a news app. And I think that's a real worry for the future of um, you know news and, and web and, and magazines. So that's a bit of an interesting one. Um, they're talking about uh, transit directions, so buses, trains, um, you know, all forms of public transport becoming multimodal. So you'd be able to search for, you know, one destination to another and get all the directions. I'm not sure if that's going to come to Australia yet, although it is available with Google, so I'm sure it will be. Um, they mentioned that there's been a billion Siri requests every week. So every week, Siri talks to a billion single pieces of requests. You know, what's the temperature and wherever, what's, the, what's it going to be like tomorrow, all those kind of things couple of improvements they're making to Siri. They're making it a bit more about suggestive. Now, this is in complete reaction to Google Now, which is a very suggestive, very smart, intuitive um, uh, artificial intelligence, if you like. Here's a great one. So you get a phone a call from a random number, uh, and you, you don't know how that number stored. It reckons it'll, it'll use your email to understand who it could be and actually make suggestions. I cannot wait to try this because I get calls from PR companies that, that are from the same cluster of numbers. It'll be interesting to know if it works that out. So we shall soon see. Uh, and when you swipe down from the um, uh, top, um, the instead of just getting your spotlight search, you can now um, you can now get more suggestions than just that. So that that's pretty cool. Um, that that'll come later. Now, really, the big 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 news from iOS <clears throat> is for iPad. Excuse me. With um, when you're typing in, in in the iPad, you can now push two fingers on the keyboard, and it turns your your keyboard into a trackpad, so you can move the mouse and cursor around. Very cool. Secondly, split screen. You can now multitask legitimately, so you can have an app open on one side and another app open on the other side of the screen. So you can have your text messages on one side and reading a web page on the other, and you can actually interact with both. That's very cool. Now again, it's not new. This is something that Android can do on some devices. So it's not new, but they've done it very well. That, I think, is probably the best new feature of iOS 9. That's my thoughts.
Um, so that's pretty much it for iOS 9. And then the last thing I'll mention quickly is, uh, is the watch. Now, I've got to be honest, and I've said this many times, I'm disappointed in the watch. I think it's slow. I was demonstrating to people today, and it was embarrassing. Um, what they've announced is that the, you'll be able to build apps native to the watch, and I think that's critical. So the watch won't be reliant on the phone for every single app, and I think that'll speed things up. I think in literally three to four months from now, we will see much, much better apps, um, and that's only good for the watch and watch sales. So with watches now on sale in stores, I think that we're probably, you know, four or five months away from a big surge on the watch and, and that's going to be work really well in the lead up to Christmas. So uh, Apple Watch 2, uh, the, the operating system, Apple Watch 2, will be available later in the year as well and I think that's a big deal for uh, for Apple Watch users. So that's the, that's the wrap-up of uh, most of the things that occurred at uh, WWDC, as they call it. Um, and uh, there is some other big news, which we'll bring you shortly. Um, uh, Apple WWDC, you can watch the full announcement uh, online at apple.com forward slash live. But uh, we do it all thanks to the good people at Garmin, Garmin Satellite Navigation, GPS Technology. And if you've got a Garmin Vivo Fit, the, the fitness tracker with a one-year-plus battery life, remember, you can now get coloured bands for those. 35 bucks will get you three bands, orange, pink, green, black, slate, red, uh, purple, teal, and blue. I think black, slate, red are very cool because they're a very um, subtle range. The others are all a bit bright and a bit, bit funky. So if you're into funky, that's all good. They're there. Um, so these are, because the Vivo Fit is a little device that kind of clips into a plastic band, rubber band, if, if you like, um, these are great replacements, or you can have multiple ones to match your outfit. So check out the Vivo Fit bands at uh, garmin.com.au. The Vivo Fit, one of the best fitness trackers in, in, on available right now, mainly because of its battery life, and it's the one that will drive you to, to go better because it knows your performance every day and it sets new individual targets for you each and every day. The Garmin VivoFit. Check it out at garmin.com.au. So in reality, this was a two-and-a-half-hour press conference with Apple this morning. Two hours in, we finally got one more thing. I thought that was radical for Tim Cook to once again call this one more thing because I'm not sure this is as big a deal as the watch was. But anyway... Apple today unveiled Apple Music, a single intuitive app that combines the best ways to enjoy music all in one place. These are the words of Apple themselves. Apple Music is a revolutionary streaming service, a pioneering worldwide live radio station from Apple Broadcasting 24 hours a day. So look, there's two parts to this, essentially. Let's deal with the radio station first. I think this is almost insanity. Apple, using their Beats partnership have launched a radio station that's global, 24-7, with, um, with hosts in London, uh, New York, and Los Angeles, 24 hours a day running this, uh, you know, programming. And Beats One is the name of it. It's going to be, you know, guests, interviews, all those kind of things. But they say Apple has redesigned radio with human curation taking the lead. Apple Music Radio gives you stations created by some of the world's finest DJs. The new stations range in genres from indie rock to classical and folk to funk. But see, they they talk about Apple Beats 1 being a new radio station, but then they talk about genres. I'm, I'm a tad confused. I'll need to understand. And with membership, it says you can skip as many songs as you like. So that radio station, there are some radio stations that, that are kind of automated, but with human curation, which sounds like Apple Music Radio just replaced Apple Radio, which is pretty much that same thing. And then 
then you've got Beats One, which is a proper, you know, linear radio station with programming you can't skip. Very interesting. I'm really not sure how that works. I think Apple Radio right now is pretty cool within the iTunes. Um, iTunes Radio is pretty cool. So I don't know why you need to, you know, go better than that. But anyway, that's that's what they've done. The big deal though is streaming music. Apple Music. Streaming music, so $9.99 in the US per month, which will be $11.99 here because that's the price of all the others, um, will we'll allow you to listen to over 30 million songs. Now, I've seen quotes elsewhere that say Apple's library is over 40 million, which makes me wonder, is the entire um, Apple iTunes library available or not? So very, very interesting. Um, so basically this is a Spotify, Google Play Music, and audio um, competitor. Uh, can they make it work? I think they can. Uh, will they grow the sector? Yes, they will. Will it reduce the number of people buying songs? Yes, it will. Um, does that mean artists are going to get their fair return? I don't know. I really don't know. So very interesting times for the music industry. This is basically Apple re reinvigorating the music industry. So June 30 is when it kicks off. You'll get a three-month free membership and local pricing will come uh, around that time as well. Um, it, it should be interesting to see the take-up of this, but sounds popular. And the big deal, I think, for, for Apple is they've launched family sharing. So if you've got family sharing in your account, so I've got one account for each of our family members, you uh, you will be able to have, a, I think it's $14 in the US, so maybe $18 here, $16 here. You'll be able to have everyone listen to everything um, and all personalized suggestions, so you don't have to have, to have an account each. That's critical. So that's very good. So that's the news from Apple on Apple Music. I'd love to know your thoughts. What do you think? Is it is it a winner? Is it a loser? Is it a nothing? Is it a meh? I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm yet to decide. I'll have to have a good play with it to determine what it really does and how it really works. Um, your thoughts are welcome. Go to the website, eftm.com.au, or jump on Twitter, at Trevor Long. Uh, love to hear from you anytime, any day, any hour, uh, at Trevor Long on Twitter. You can also follow, and please do, at Your Tech Life and at EFTM. Your Tech Life with Trevor Long. Now, as promised, I, I've been working a long time this year to try and get this interview happening, and, and I just had, I was going away or whatever it might be, so it was a tough one. But finally this weekend, last weekend, just gone, I, I was able to get Bill Morrow, the CEO of the NBN Co., into the 2UE studios. And what you're about to hear is the 2UE radio show. So without the ads, we've taken the ads out. So you'll hear Tim Webster is the host of the show. I do the technology for the hour. Uh, Bill Morrow joined us in the studio. We take your calls. Um, so you'll hear the, the intros, everything that is technology with Trevor Long and the 2UE. Um, this is the radio show you might have missed on the weekend. If you didn't miss it and you heard it, I have no problems with you stopping right now. That's okay. I'm cool with that. You didn't get as much as you normally would. But if you if you didn't hear Bill Morrow with uh, with me on the weekend, this is, a I, I think, a very good uh, bit of uh, conversation about the NBN, very real talk, not tech talk, not crazy, you know, um, Senate estimates talk, just real people asking real questions about the NBN and when it's coming to them and, and why and how. Um, I'd love your feedback uh, on this as well, and, and most importantly, uh, go to the website eftm.com.au or on Twitter at Trevor Long or Facebook, uh, facebook.com forward slash EFTM online. This is Bill Morrow on Radio 2UE this weekend gone. Technology with Trevor Long for Design Build Expo 2015. Coming soon. Register now at designbuildexpo.com.au. Trevor Long, good afternoon, Digger. Good afternoon, Tim. I've been trying to do this for many months, and it's been <laughs> entirely my fault because I've either had a trip or I've had a weekend oh, off or no, whatever. Globe and we've, trotter. we've put our guest out many times, but uh, we are joined in the studio uh, today by Bill Morrow, the CEO of the NBN. Thank you, Bill. 
Hi, Trevor. Now, Tim, I, I first met Bill when he was CEO of Vodafone. So that was probably two, two, about two years ago that yeah, we, yeah. we met and we talked about a whole bunch of things going on with Vodafone. And um, April last year, you started as the CEO of the NBN. So a big shift from being the, yeah. the CEO of a, you know, a, a, a consumer company into a government-based uh, operation like the NBN. That's been a big shift for you, right? Ah, there has been a bit of a shifting, I would say. So what's the biggest challenge for you in, in, in changing a role like that? Because, uh, you know, reporting to a, a board and uh, shareholders is a bit different to reporting to uh, the Australian government and, and uh, taxpayers. Uh, well, you know, I would say it's all positive the way I look at it because, you know, a lot of us in our work, we think about what we can do for a community. We think about the higher order purpose that we have for getting up early every day. Um, and me, with along with my colleagues over at NBN, we think about what we can do to help the nation to bring on the digital economy that I think everybody is desperate to have. Uh, so that part of it, we feel good. There is a social element to what we do, and, and that really does get us up early. Yeah. So, and, and Tim, we debated this for many, we many weeks yeah, as, as the election yeah. election neared, and uh, some people are of a great opinion that the, the Labor NBN plan was fantastic. Some people thought it was a complete mm. and utter waste of money. Mm. Um, my personal opinion, which which I maintain, is that fibre to the home would be awesome if we mm. could get it, but Jesus, a lot of money to spend when yeah. there's yeah. probably other priorities. So what we're left with now is, um, is we had a, a coalition commitment before the election, and I think it's worthwhile kind of going back to that, because mm. the coalition, Malcolm Turnbull and Tony Abbott, stood up um, in probably April 2013 before the election and made a commitment to get a minimum speed to all Australians of, of 25 meg uh, by the end of 2016 and then by the end of 2019 have it between 50 and 100. Mm. Are we actually still on track for that in terms of what the Liberal Party committed to or, or made as their policy before the election, do you think? Well, you know, I've heard a lot about these different dates. Uh, all I can say, Trevor, is is that uh, when I came on board, there were some commitments made that we would have the network built out to every Australian by 2020. Mm -hmm. um, and that is the plan that we put together and that we're delivering. Uh, I think we've made a lot of progress against that. It is going to be a challenge. There's a lot of difficulties within this, but all of the 3,000 employees are really dedicated yeah. to make that happen. Bill, can I ask you, is that restricting for people to continually put dates on you? Because, I mean, this is a massive infrastructure project. Well, I think the whole idea here, if we step back for a moment and think about what the benefit of what NBN is going to provide, yeah. if we can get every Australia connected, every business connected, what we do is we create a network effect that has to do with the digital environment and the digital economy. We create a big demand that mm. is homegrown here. That demand will then create the supply. It creates the innovation. You'll see entrepreneurs come out of the woodwork. You'll see small little uh, businesses that will start up that in the traditional sense, they have to have brick and mortar and they can only really market to within a certain few kilometer radius sure. of that business. But what this does is enable them to access everybody across the country. In fact, everybody across the world in many cases. So the beauty of this really does take us to a whole different level from a digital perspective. Yeah, yeah. And that's what we're trying to do. Okay. Uh, before Trevor continues, if you've got any questions about the NBN uh, bills here, so take advantage of it. It's here for uh, the next little while. 13, 13, 32 is and, your number. And you know, I watch Bill now and then at Senate Estimates. And Senate Estimates, Senate hearings are where Bill has to turn up with his executive team and, and take a grilling, right, from senators. And it's uh, it's a grilling. It's quite yeah. a intense thing. I would never want to do it. Nope. Um, so all power to you for that. But, you know, if you want to bypass Senate estimates, it's a simple question uh, about the NBN. Bill's here. Um, yeah. you, can, you can call up and ask him. What I wanted to get at today, just kind of in, in essence, Bill, was 
Where are we at? Um, what does the NBN mean today? So if we if we go back a few years, it was fibre to the home, which was this, this plan to bring an optical fibre cable all around the country into every single home, and it was super fast internet. You've now got a thing which you describe as the multi-technology mix. Maybe let's just take a minute to break down in simple terms the, the different types of technology mm. that will deliver the NBN as a whole as, as it rolls out. Right. Okay. So I think first, Trevor, we have to start with what you were talking about earlier on the minimum speeds. So right now, the direction is and the plan is for us to take about a little over 80% of all the homes across Australia and give it a minimum of 50 megabits per second. And for those remaining, we'll at least have 25 megabits per second. Now, what's important here is, is that these speeds have been determined by many third-party uh, reviews that have said no one should need more than that at the median level. Mm-hmm. Um, and when demand does exceed that, that we have an upgrade path for each one of these technologies to be able to roll out. Okay, mm-hmm. all right. You know, just, I'm, I'm just only interrupting because I think uh, Ian's got a question in relation to that, so let's just grab him. And uh, we've got you, Ian. Hi, um, I've just um, got a question about the speed. Um, yep. When the government bought, you know, first brought this up, you know, everyone was going to get high speed, 100 megabytes, whatever. Um, but the problem is they didn't say that you've got to pay extra to get that speed. And yeah, that's a great go, yeah. point, Ian. You know, the the reality is is that many of these technologies, I mean, if you take what we have on fiber today, you can get up to the gigabit per second speed. Even the coaxial cable under HFC technology that I'll talk about in a moment, that'll get up to a gigabit per second speed. Uh, but naturally, you have to pay for that if you want the faster speeds. And what we're finding here in Australia and abroad, people don't feel that they need that much. They're happy to pay for 25 megabits. In fact, the majority of the services that we sell today are 25 meg or lower. And and so that's the critical answer for Ian is while um, the, the NBN can and will deliver much faster speeds, when you sign up to an NBN plan with a retailer, because let's be clear, the NBN just runs a network. Yeah, you don't it. buy anything yeah, from them. Right. So you, you ring Telstra, Ionet, Optus. You ring for an NBN plan. You choose, don't you, which speed you want and therefore the, the associated price. And the more you pay, the faster it is. Is that the broad concept? Yeah, that's pretty much it. And the, more you, the, the faster speed that you want and, of course, how much you use are the two determining factors that how much you're going to pay. Mm. So, yeah. Ian, I think that's that's the bottom line here is a lot of the time the hype can be around those bigger speeds and it'll people will say it's 100 meg speed and that's $99 or whatever it might be. I don't, I don't have a pricing in front of me. But the fact is that if you wanted to just have 12 or 25, which might be very similar, if not more than what you're getting now, it, you may find that it's similar or less than what you're paying now, which which mm. could be the case. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. Okay, Okay. So, so Bill, on those multi-technologies, I guess the, the, the most least used one would be satellite, right? That's correct. So satellite, let me give you just kind of the rough breakdown. So satellite's going to cover roughly about 400,000 homes across the country. Fixed wireless is the next fastest technology, and that's going to cover about 600,000. And fixed wireless is essentially the, the mobile broadband wireless that we have today through carriers, but it'll be available as mm. an NBN option. That's right. So if you look okay. at Telstra, Vodafone, Optus, they're all using a technology called LTE to give them 4G-like type services. We just use that in a fixed line situation. We don't have the mobility that comes with it like those three carriers. Carriers and you get super fast speeds. In fact, we just are upping the speed now up to a 50 megabit per second right. product. Okay. So that's another another half a million 
people. That's right. about half a yeah. million homes. So, and if you look at it, so there's a million homes that are on the wireless technologies, yep. those two, satellite and fixed wireless. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, out of right now, about a base of 10 million today will be 12 million by the time we're done because of the growth and, and new homes, new sure. developments. Um, you're going to see the lion uh, share of the homes that are actually going to be on what we call FTTN. And think of that in terms of uh, about four, fiber to the node. Fiber to the node. And it's about four and a half million homes. Think of it that way. Then mm. there is HFC, which will cover about four million homes. And this is the this is the cable that Tim and I have, uh, and and yeah. about three or so million homes have that runs your pay TV cable. So Foxtel and, and the old Optus Vision run through this cable. That's how ca- cable TV is delivered, and also currently uh, Big Pond and Optus offer internet mm. services. So the NBN is taking over that cable essentially, and will offer internet services through that cable. So you end up very quickly covering. Uh, the majority of that 10 million homes with existing services. And I think the critical thing there, Tim, is that, Hmm. you know, two years ago, the idea of me in my little uh, suburb in the north of Sydney getting the NBN meant somewhere, somehow, some trenches were going to be dug Hmm. in in streets around my area and and right into my home to put the fibre in. And then when we started talking about fibre to the node, which means they're bringing the fibre into the suburb, and then they put a little box on the street corner yeah. and they, 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 they connect it to the copper. But I'm, we're not going to use that in majority of Sydney because the majority of Sydney have high HFC, mm. which is this, this cable TV mm. um, running through the streets. That's how the NBM will be delivered to you. And so you'll get I it guess, that Bill, yeah, right. that's just going to switch on at the point that the deals are done and the technology is proven. Okay. So when is that? Is that uh, 12 months away? Okay, so this is, you're absolutely right. So there's two providers that have been pro- uh, providing a service over the HFC. That's Telstra and Optus. Yeah. Um, so in the new deals that we just struck late last year, we're able to take that over for no money, um, no cost to the taxpayer mm. in terms of that asset itself. What we can do is then upgrade the electronics on it. That's going to jump up the speed far <laughs> from what people actually actually are experiencing on that yep. today. We'll kind of refine it a little bit more and make sure that it's purpose-built for broadband, and then we're going to deliver that back to the end okay. user. We'll start commercial services on that in the first half of next year. Commercial being as in business services or, or uh, no, well, as in terms in, of I'll offering be able to it to our RSPs, next year. then we'll turn yeah. around and offer it to the time. consumers. That's right. Oh, uh, Melinda's got a question for you, Bill. Hi, Melinda. Yes, good afternoon, gentlemen. Hi. Very interesting conversation. Yeah. Thank uh, you. What can, we, what, what can we do for you? Oh, well, um, I think uh, the conversation you just had partly answered my one of my concerns, which was I really don't want anything dug up in my street. Mm-hmm. I've got the you know speed that I, I'm happy with. Yeah, right. I, I don't watch movies on uh, through sort of the internet cable mm. generally, um, but uh, you know I do online shopping, and mm. the speed that I've got is fine, absolutely perfect. Um, and I'm just wondering, like the commercial, um, uh, from the commercial point of view, like if I had a business, I would assume that most businesses already, because they've been selling uh, goods and services online for years and years and years, um, what what will the increased speed enable them to do? that they can't, they can't do now. Mm. So a business, what, yeah. what's the benefit so, for a business? So, so Melinda, this is great because you, you are kind of the perfect consumer that we're looking at that today there is a certain percentage of people that are doing online shopping, which gets the Woolies and the Coles to think about what kind of online products that they can offer. So if you imagine everybody across Australia doing this, that means that Coles and Woolies and others are going to be able to even create more services for you to do the convenience online shopping. And that's why we focus on getting everybody built rather than up 
upping your speeds because the speeds that you have are sufficient for the use that you intend. Now, what's interesting, Melinda, is that um, what we are going to do is also give you more choice in terms of your service provider. So what NBN fundamentally does is take away from Telstra or Optus as the only provider to get that kind of speed that you have, Melinda, Mm -hmm. and we'll give you a choice of 50 different service providers. And I know you may think, oh, that's too complicated. I don't want that many. The reality will be is three or four will kind of approach you and give you alternatives that suit your lifestyle, that suit your particular interest. And that'll be done over an upgraded network that if you want faster speeds, you can get it. But if you don't, it's okay. And and Bill, isn't one of the the primary things about the NBN, and you've got to kind of give it to to Stephen Conroy and co, the visionary uh, concept Mm. of, of needing the NBN. We, we actually don't know what we're going to need in three or four years from now. Melinda doesn't want streaming media services, fine, but that's not to say that in a couple of years from now she doesn't get a new smartphone and doesn't come by default with Netflix and suddenly she realises that I wouldn't mind watching, you know, a certain program with that, with that quality. But also, like five years ago there was no tablets. We're sitting here, so at least there's three Surrounded tablets in this studio yeah. that didn't exist five years ago. So we kind of need to have that little crystal ball that says we actually need to build the fundamental utility for the nation, isn't it? Mm -hmm. I mean, the Internet is almost and should be a utility that that is relied upon, and that's the premise of the NBN, is it not? Indeed. In fact, you know, what we think of today is the classic usage, but it it goes far beyond this. So even like the case of Melinda, who's using it for online shopping, which she'll continue to be able to do, there's technology that comes from a security point of view or from a family health point of view that will be constantly monitoring your household or a patient or somebody that's sick or ill within the home. That's a constant data stream that will be going over the NBN. And it's not just about one transaction. It's about something ongoing. Mm -hmm. So in that sense, we need to upgrade the infrastructure and the network that's here. There are roughly 74% of the homes that already have a some form of what they call broadband, but it's Mm -hmm. really in the meg and a half uh, type of speeds, which is insufficient to do the kinds of things Mm -hmm. that we're seeing in Europe and other parts of Asia in Americas, um, and that's what we're bringing to the country. And okay. we have to get everybody built as fast as we can, and that's what we're working on. Okay. Now, lots and lots of questions here for you. So uh, forgive us if we take a while to get to you, but it's uh, pretty much a full board we've got here. So Pete and Rose and Mick and Jenny, hang on a sec. Uh, it's only 20 past three. got plenty of time with Bill Morrow in the NBN. Lots and lots of questions here for Bill Morrow. So let's get there with uh, Trevor and Rose's first. Hi, Rose. Hey, Rose. Oh, hello. How are you? What can we, we do, do for you? I just have a quick question. Um, I live in Sydney. That's mm-hmm. 20 kilometres from the city. Um, my street, I live in, um, I don't get any cable. There's no cable lines. Yep, um, nice. I live too far from the exchange, my yep. local exchange. So therefore I'm relying on Wi-Fi, which becomes very expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got teenagers and I'm just wondering if you could answer me a question, like with my area. Uh, Rose, I think you are exactly the person that Bill wants to hear from today. <laughs> so let's, let's just recap there really simply. You don't have Foxcell or Optus cable in your street, so you can't get Big Pond cable. You're too far from the exchange to get decent speeds, and therefore you're relying on quite expensive 4G. Bill, oh, yes. this is someone who, who may know that there's HFC cable around, mm-hmm but hasn't got it, what happens for Rose? Mm. Most uh, likely. I mean, this is not yeah. a, a definition of Rose. We're not going to look up your address, yeah. but what's the likely scenario in a metro area for Rose? Right. So the first thing is, is if it's not already on the program for a full fiber all the way up into Rose's home, then and she doesn't have HFC in her area, then the likelihood is she's going to end up with this fiber to the node, which is, as you described, fiber out to her neighborhood entry point and then use the existing copper to go up into her house. Rose will get, uh, at a minimum, again, the 25 meg, but if she She's within a 500 to 700 meter distance from where we put that cabinet. She'll be up near the 50 megabit. Okay. Any cost to Rose? 
Uh, no, no cost at all. She just signs up through her service provider, and she'll have choice okay. against that, choice right. on product, choice on provider. And, and the other the other possible sure. outcome yeah. for Rose, is it not, Bill, is that if Rose, is, if Rose knows what the HFC cable is, and, and anyone who drives around enough of Sydney will, will know it. It's the lowest cable hanging from the wires. It's, it's 4.2 metres there. It's, yeah. a, it's a thick bit of cable. If it's somewhere nearby, so if it's two streets away, is it likely that you'll run that cable further rather than having to do fibre to the node even? Yeah, exactly, Trevor, yes. So if Rose looked around in her neighbourhood or one of her neighbours said, hey, I actually get my Foxtel service through Telstra, through Foxtel Direct, and it's over that cable, then the likelihood is we're going to fill in her neighbourhood okay. with, with that HFC. HFC and she'll have that. Yeah. And that, that will be great lightning speeds for you, Rose. Right. It's good news, Rose, I, but it could, be, it could be a couple of years. Let's yeah, be right. But can I offer Rose, she can go onto our website at nbnco.com.au Take a look, Rose. You can put in your address, and you can see if we're in the works already for your ah. uh, particular home. Okay. But, Rose, let me give you some advice. Most of the yep. time, you'll be very disappointed <laughs> because oh, no, most of Sydney is not in the in the current works plan. But yeah. just just it, it's a it's a great mapping system. You put in your address, it comes up and it tells you whether yep. you're, you're available now in purple, yep. uh, or whether your your plan like it's being constructed now, or whether you're there's actually a plan to construct it. If it's not one of those three things, it's, it, there's no guarantee of how it's going to come, and there's also no guarantee of when, other than the basic commitment to a, a 20, yeah. 2019, 2020 rollout. Where are you, Rose? Pardon? Where do you live? Uh, Grace Point. Grace Point. Okay. Yeah, I'm just worried. I'm just gonna. We're just gonna be yeah. left behind. You, you know? won't be left behind. You won't be left behind. It might <laughs> be a while, but you won't Rose, be left behind. You, just, just right, take Rose. a moment to Google Senate estimates okay. and then work out how your local politician won't let them leave you behind. No. <laughs> this is a no home left behind policy here, yeah. Rose. You're okay. Right, Rose. Thank now, thanks for the question. G'day, Mick. Hey, Mick. What can we do for you, mate? Hey, buddy. Yep. Bill Boris, listening to you. Where you go? Yeah, Nick, that is a great question. And for your mother and many other people like her that only want basic telephone service, there is a product that will be uh, ridden over the NBN network. All of the service providers are going to carry that sort of service. That was something that was spelled out in the requirements uh, for us to meet. Um, when you look at the the 450-plus thousand users that are on the NBN today, there's already a number of them that are just using it for plain old telephone service, uh, and it's working fine. And, and the follow-up to that, that Bill, a common, a common question I've heard and got, and it probably only relates to the fibre to the home scenario, but you can answer that for me, is the battery. Uh, we talk about the if the if the if your power goes out in your area, your copper line phone is still available today. Under an NBN, under the multi technology mix, what's the situation with a, a power outage in the area and basic phone services and alarm and and safety monitoring? Your elderly with with alarm bracelets and things like that. Okay, so there's a couple of things there, Trevor. First of all, for somebody like Nick's mom here, the if she wants a battery backup in the case of commercial power outage, she can actually have a battery installed in the unit in her house. Then she can work with her service provider to have that done. That gives her the same kind of protection. Well, it depends on the service provider. Some of them absorb it, uh, you know, depending Mm -hmm. on the contract.
contracts that they have. Um, the second thing that you're talking about is the alarm service. There's a lot of people out there that have the medical alarm situation that rides over the telephone lines today yes. to give them that protection that they need. We actually have a different program where we'll go out, we help subsidize and pay for the cost and move them over it to a mobile device, well, which is mm. far more secure yeah. um, and far more protected. And that's something we've worked with the government okay. on and the government's a big okay. backer of. All right. Well, Bill, I just did that. I just ticked my own address. Uh, it said, thanks for checking. Rollout uh, not started in your location yet. But if I register, you will then notify me how far in advance. Well, what we'll do, as soon as we get close to the time that we're starting construction in your area, then we'll give you a heads up um, okay. that we're, you're going to see our trucks in the neighborhood. You're going to see people looking on the footpath, uh, cleaning out some of the pits. Okay. Beautiful. Tim, I've right. tried. I've asked. They can't, they can't fast track us, mate. Well, well, and again, we, we know this. Everybody wants this service. Sure. We want to get it to them as soon as possible. I, just to kind of put it in perspective, remember there are at least 10 million homes today. Mm. We're going to build 12 million over the course of five years. Uh, we've got a million that we've already connected to that that can now buy our service. We've got nearly a million that's in the pipe to be built. Yep. And, of course, we are running quite fast. Yeah. But I guess the counter everybody. to that is that it's been dragging on for years. From from a public perception point of view, we've been talking about the NBN for too many years, and it's available to too few people you know, in relation to that number of years. And I think so that's far. the frustration yeah. of the public. And right. yep. Here's Jenny. Hi, Jenny. Hi. I think that man might have answered my question, but what I want, all I've got is a landline and a TV, and I don't want anything else. Yeah. Am I going to have to pay for NBN, or can I still have my landline and TV? Or of course you can. Yes. And so, Bill, the, the situation for, for Jenny, um, when the NBN kind of takes over the infrastructure in the area, there's letters sent out, aren't there? So letters start coming saying, by the way, you're, you're in an NBN now, an area now, you need to sign up to an NBN plan. So you do get letters and notice that you've, you've kind of, you're in a new piece of technology, and it's that point where you need to ring the providers and say, I just want a phone. That's right. Is that right? That's right. So we'll notify you in advance. Again, when you'll see people in your neighborhood, we'll notify you when it's time to start thinking about which service provider you want. Service providers will be notifying you that they may have a product that you like. And in the case here of Jenny, um, when she just wants her basic landline and TV, it'll just ride over the Internet. It'll look and feel exactly like she's using it today. Okay. Yeah. And your landline will be safe too, Jen. Uh, good, then. Thank you very much. All right, then. Yeah, okay. Uh, we'll grab one more before we take a break. Here's Craig for you guys. Hi, Craig. Yeah, good day, Craig. Good, mate. Welcome to you, mate. Listen, um, I'm in uh, Glenory, and mm -hmm. um, where I am at the moment, I have, uh, oh, I have TV, but it's satellite because they can't do um, uh, cable there. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I'm in a bad um, connection Point as well. So basically, all I can do for mobile phone service, I don't even have mobile phone service just where I am. Right. So I rely on the internet to use a booster mm. so I have um, a mobile phone service at home. Now, what's going to happen as far as that's concerned um, with getting faster speeds? I'm currently on ADSL only through Telstra because they're the only providers who can provide it. Well, Craig, you are going to be the one that is going to love the NBN rollout. When you have that service moving from ADSL to whichever technology that we put, you are going to see such a substantial increase in your speeds, your capacity, and again, the choice between your service provider plan options. Uh, and the very fact, if you don't even have good satellite coverage to be able to get your TV programming, as you know, with the advent of Netflix and many other over-the-top applications, there's a whole lot of programming that you're going to be able to stream over mm. the service. And, I, you know, Bill, 
won't say this, this Craig, but at a guess, just thinking about your area, thinking about your circumstance, the HFC, the the, the Foxtel cable is not going to be extended to your area. Mm. Um, satellite, you're not rural enough to be getting satellites, and I would suspect that Glenorie is a, a kind of big enough area, but yet mm. growth enough to to yeah. probably warrant fibre to the node. So you will see those trucks digging holes um, and putting little tiny cabinets on the on the street corner, and hopefully you'll uh, mm. you'll be the the, the man that wins. At, but it will take time. That's that's the kicker there, Craig, is it's going to take time. All right. Yeah. No, that's cool. Good on you, Craig. Yeah. Uh, can, can I, t- before I do take a break, and we're going to have to take one, so uh, Pete and Catherine and Tom, you're next. Is there a pattern to the way you're rolling out? Now, that's Glenorie, which is way up in the northwest of Sydney, so probably be a while. I just Googled my place, which is just north of here. So is there a pattern to where the trucks go to? Yeah, yeah, usually what we're trying to do is make sure we get as many homes as fast as we can because this economy effect that you want this network effect to happen. So that's kind of the first priority. We we do look at underserved areas. These are areas that have no broadband, no Internet connection whatsoever. Uh, The government has asked us to prioritize those areas. So, of course, naturally, we look at making sure we reach out to those uh, on a prioritized list. And then it's just expanding from there. Okay, beautiful. Answers the question. 26 minutes to four. So, Tom, Catherine, Pete, stay there. Be right with you in uh, NBN. We're talking about yeah, we're talking about this hugely important piece of infrastructure for our country with Bill Morrow from the NBN. Just before we go back to your calls, we've spoken to the police again. Now that's a real drama out at IKEA at Marsden Park. Now all they're saying is it's a suspicious package. Uh, we heard a couple of stories that was either on the roundabout or in the food court. Anyway, uh, it's a police operation, so keep out of the area. The traffic is just absolutely cactus. So we're talking IKEA Marsden Park all the way down to Bunnings. I'm told so. Keep out of there if you can. It's 22 minutes to four. And, Tim, before we, before we go to the next call, let's just put this in perspective again. Just for, just for everyone's yeah. r- reminder, what, what is the current number? What is the current spend? How much taxpayers' dollars is being spent through the MBN over the course of the rollout? So, so we've spent already about $12 billion of taxpayer money. He doesn't say that with ease, I've got to say. No, it, it no. pains it me, actually. It's, it's a lot of money, and we take this very serious that, you know, I, if there's any pressure that I feel, it's about taking taxpayer monies and making sure it's spent prudently yeah. on this project. Um, so $12 billion has already been spent, and we'll spend up to $29.5 billion of taxpayer money, then we'll go borrow the rest of the money to be able to complete the project and get the company to where okay. it's generating And, and so is cash. that because the taxpayer money builds the company? Because it is a company that you're building, and then you have the, the, the user base and the infrastructure and the and the assets, essentially, to, to be a, operate as a company and borrow. Does that mean that in 10 or 15 years from now, that's the actual end goal here for the government, is that they've got a hugely uh, profitable business which can theoretically be privatized? Uh, indeed, that's the case. I mean, this has to be treated as an investment. It's taken taxpayer money as an investment, which means we have to generate a return. Yep. Uh, as much as we think about the quality and the speed of the rollout, we think about the investment factor to be sure that we can give a return back to the taxpayer to where this is not just added tax. We'll get more than $30 billion right. back. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, government enterprise making money. We should take photos of that. Uh, hello, Catherine. Uh, hi, Tim and Bill. Hi, Doug. Hi, I live at um, Kalani Vale on Central Coast. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I'm in some sort of a pocket where I have very, um, I have difficulty picking up my um, TUE on my ordinary radio yep. couple. Right. And I've investigated about uh, getting a digital radio, and uh, they said it wouldn't make any difference. Now, yeah. the NBN people, they've been around uh, our streets, oh. and they've put that in. So what what happens is I have an iPad, and I listen to a prepaid iPad. And yes. 
I listen to the radio all the time, and it's very expensive. Oh, no, yes. So, oh, you know, so, that's... Dear, so, a couple dear. of things before we get to Bill on that, Catherine. So, yeah. firstly, you're not in the Sydney broadcast area, so that's why TUE doesn't work that greatly up there. It's not actually meant to. It's just fortuitous that with AM, it can you can pick up AM can, sometimes yeah. in Singleton. But um, And then digital radio, even more so, is restricted very, very broadly to the, to the Sydney basin. So, actual broadcast radio for Sydney services is not going to be possible for you, but... You've, you've hit the nail on the head. Using the internet to receive, whether it's radio or television, or as Bill mentioned, you know, Netflix, Stan, Presto, those kind of things, um, is the future. Now, you've got a, an iPad with a, with a SIM card from a provider in it, and you're paying a lot of money because every hour that you listen to TUE is costing you, just broadly, uh, 20, 30 megabytes of your data. Absolutely. Now, if you're not, you, if you only have a hundred meg of data or a gigabyte of data, that's not a lot of hours. No. So, Bill, under the NBN, what what would we be suggesting to Catherine that that she would get the NBN in, into home and she would have a Wi-Fi network in her home that she would use the NBN as her network as opposed to just using a mobile SIM card? No, that's right, and that will take care of that cost factor. I mean, what we're already seeing is people using 60, 70, up to 80 gigabytes of data, not megabytes. Remember, uh, you know, it's, yeah. a, it's a million um, megabytes that mm. we're talking about in a gigabyte. So the fact that we can provide Catherine, this kind of service to where if 2UE is her favorite radio station, she loves listening to Tim and Trevor, no problem. Over NBN, she'll be able to stream that right through to her home just like it's, she's it in It sounds like we're sitting in your lounge room. Yeah. That's a bit scary, really. <laughs> so you, so and, and Catherine, so you are the perfect person yeah, absolutely. That, I, that I will get more and more frustrated with because when you go to the NBN website and type in your address, you'll probably find that if you're not in the purple, which is available now, if there's been trucks in your street and stuff, they're very close to it's finishing it off for you and you'll be able to actually get information on when you can get the NBN. Thank you. That's great because... At- Actually, at the moment, it's costing me a fortune. Oh, it would. Now, just go on to, because I just did it, uh, Catherine, for my suburb, and I'm no chance, but just go on to nbnco.com.au. Nbnco.com.au. And on the front page, it just says, put in your address, check your address, and they'll tell you almost immediately uh, how close they are. Oh, thank you very much. All right, Tom. No pleasure. Thanks. G'day, Tom. G'day, Jim. Hello, mate. Hey, Tom. I wonder if you can help me guys with the NBN. Um, I had the NBN come out to my place uh, in April, and I live in a set of four townhouses, and I'm number three in the set of four. Right. Now, they've got the NBN connected to number one, right? So when they guys come out to connect, we said, no, we can't do this because you need to have it connected to your place. So they went away, and uh, I rang the NBN and made another phone call. Yeah. And uh, when I finally made another phone call, they, they came out again on the 7th of May, and said, no, we can't connect you. We have to upgrade the one in number one. So okay. another month went by, and uh, they came out just the other day and connected me to the NBN. They run a wire from the node from number one through the buildings, the houses, through the ceiling, and they put the box in my alcove. Now when And, and they powered it up by using a, an extension cord for my garage, which runs under my garage door. Yeah. Now, what, when the NBN guy from Optus came out to connect me up, he said, mate, you can't have that box there. It's got to be inside your house. Okay. I've, 
you know, Tom, normally what I would say at this point is I'm going to get, I'm going to put you on hold, I'm going to get your details, and I'm going to find someone to help you. Well, the good news He's is actually here. they're sitting <laughs> in the studio. So um, I'm, I'm, I'm tipping, Bill, that doesn't sound like a standard installation, and we should probably no. get Tom's details and, and follow that up through the uh, contractor that was involved. Tom, first up, it sounds like we stuffed up on this. I mean, I want to take responsibility here. Uh, we work with a lot of different people out in the field. We have a lot of standards around quality, uh, professionalism. Uh, it's very clear as to where those units need to go. That equipment needs to be inside the house, as the Optus gentleman told you. Uh, so we do need to get your details yeah, and get hang that on, sorted. Tom. Yeah, hang yeah. on, Tom. That one will fix because as soon as he started talking about it, I thought, yeah. that sounds dodgy. And, so and just, Tim. Yeah, Jennifer will talk to you, Tom. Yeah, so yeah. we'll put you back to Jen and we'll get your details and I'll pass yep. those on to Karina who will make sure that happens. Uh, previous caller, Catherine. Yes. It was in Kalani Vale. This is what the NBNCO map looks like mm. when you've got the thing in your area. So you get a lot of purple means it's available, and yeah. then the brown areas are the build has already commenced. So I'm pretty confident, Catherine, that you can ring up and actually get the NBN connected immediately. Okay. There's some. There's actually a lot of the central coast is uh, is covered by uh, by the NBN already. So right. uh, it's one of the good areas. All right. Now going to take a break because then we'll have a clear run at getting all of you in if we can, and we'll get as many of you in as we can. So Diana and Pete and John and uh, no, Tom, you just have Hang on there, and Jennifer will talk to you, and Frank as well. Hang on, we'll get right to you. Your questions about the NBN with Bill Murrow, and very important questions they are. So let's get back to them. Here's Pete for you, Bill. Hi, Pete. Hey, Pete. Hi. Um, I've just spent the afternoon trying to work out how to get Netflix on. We we only have, um, uh, what do you call it, wireless uh, internet. Right, so you're getting your internet through like a Telstra or an Optus or a Vodafone? Yes, that's yep. right. Mm-hmm. right. The area where we live, we can't get ADSL too. Right. And so uh, I can't, nobody could tell me actually how much data they actually use and whether it's economical. And I'm wondering whether NBN might be an alternative. Well, so I'll start the answer and tell you that it doesn't matter which style of internet you use. Well, actually it does. If you're using wireless internet, so what you're using now, most services will detect that it's not a, not a fixed connection or that it's not a fast connection. It will give you something like Netflix or Stan in a lower quality and it'll be about three to 400 megabytes per hour. Okay? If you're watching a high definition piece of content, it could be 800 to a gigabyte per hour. Now, when you consider that a lot of people have 50 gigabyte plans at home, that means that's 50 hours. That's not a lot of watching if you start watching movies and things. So for you specifically in terms of where you are, you do need to be very careful about using a wireless service for that. Mm. But when you when, when Bill delivers the NBN to your area, you'll have a range of opportunities to get the Internet. So my question to you, Bill, kind of on Pete's behalf is, if he's delivered the Internet, uh, the NBN via the fixed wireless style, just mm. because of where he is, is the data, are the costs the same? Are the plans the same across all the technology mixes? Uh, they, they are. Uh, you know, satellite has one slight exception to it, but for the most part, if if Pete is in a fixed wireless area, he's going to get far better service than what he's currently getting and sounds like from the mobile carriers hmm. from a cost point of view, yes. from a speed point of view. So that must be a lost leader for you then essentially because you can't really deliver you know, the same yeah. amount of data to, to people via wireless that you can via optical fiber and, and make the same amount of money, surely. Yeah, both for satellite and fixed wireless, right. this is not about making money there. We actually try to get the investment against the whole nation okay. when we look at all technologies. So, Pete, basically, 
stand by for the NBN. It's again, it's a waiting game, yeah. but don't worry, I'm waiting as well. Um, <laughs> so and am I'm, I. I'm annoyed with many of my friends. One of my friends just moved house, and he, the first tweet he sent was sitting by the fire watching the NBN, don't, watching TV. Don't have any furniture, but I've got the NBN. This is and no friend. This I immediately friend. unfriended him. Yes, so you should. Okay, Pete. Uh, yes, look, one, just one further, further thing. I read on the internet last night that, uh, because of rapidly increasing usage, fibre is reaching its limits and they're now discussing mm. something different which would be multi-core. Fiber. There was a there was a story, Bill, uh, during the week talking about yeah. how you know the, the internet essentially was at capacity and that even fibre was at capacity. Well, what's your response to that? Because I've always heard and, and talked about fibre being the absolute bee's knees of, yeah. of potential future technologies. Well, this is a great question, uh, Pete, and your research is right. If you look at the internet, remember it's made up of a lot of different networks stitched together. So NBN is actually just bringing you kind of the last few kilometres, mm. if you will, uh, and then there is the backbone network that's associated with the internet and this is how countries tie together and how even you move around within country in certain cases if they don't keep up to speed with the demand that we're seeing across the globe then you're going to have that backlog tightening and areas that are beyond mm. australia that are beyond nbn mm. yeah. uh, even beyond telstra in some cases which is why when you're on the internet um, one site can be extremely fast and you might be on youtube and videos don't buffer they just work but when you watch uh, you know a french news website and you're trying to watch a video and it mm. stops and starts it's because you're going through a whole bunch of highways to get there and mm-hmm. they may not have the best network at their end so it is it is at the mercy of many other things pete but thanks no. mate thanks All for right. the call no thanks for your call and uh, here's john for you guys hi john yes g'day what can we do for you mate I've got, a, uh, I've got a question we've got uh, optus pay tv through the hfc cable and uh will will the, the nbn will they both run together through that well, so if you have Optus, the Optus won't be carrying that uh, Foxtel service uh, any longer once you convert over to NBN. Um, if you're on a Telstra HFC network, then that service will continue to coexist with our broadband service. Interesting. So because what you've done is basically done a deal to take over the this cable network, but there's two cable networks. So the, the Telstra cable network can, currently runs Foxtel Internet, Foxtel Pay TV and Big Pond Internet. In the future, it will run Foxtel Pay TV and NBN Internet through any provider. That is correct. But the Optus cable... If you are Optus, if you have Optus in your home cable, yeah. you can get the NBN through that, but you won't get Foxtel through that in the future. That'll be correct. So if you want Foxtel in the future and you're on the Optus uh, pay TV network, you'll need satellite most likely. Well, no. So that's, so what that's a, lot a question for Foxtel. A, a lot of people will be doing is they'll probably call Foxtel to call Telstra. If that's in the general area as well, then, of course, that line will, that NBN uses will still be used to deliver that sort of service. But, again, it's through the Telstra or the Foxtel uh, service offering. Right. If you're in right. an Optus-only HFC area, yes. then you are going to have to move over to the satellite right. service or go to streaming. Because I'm in – I've got both. I've got Optus and Telstra cable at the front of my house. So if I was on the Optus, I'd switch. But for people mm. that only have the Optus cable, likely you're going to have to switch to yeah. Foxtel satellite. That's All right. right. John, I'm going to leave you so I can get Pete and Diana in before Bill has to go. Hello, Pete. I think that's the same Pete we had earlier. Oh, we spoke to Pete. No, no, he's just come. So he he's is. just so riveted. He's stuck yeah, around. I listen. know. He's a stable. Hi, Diana. Oh, hello. <laughs> I'd just like to warn the people, please. I had Opti- um, NBN. It took 11 months to get it on. Um, being a pensioner, they weren't going to charge us. And I Telstra charged me $192 which I'm fighting to get reimbursed. Mm. I have two boxes in the house. One keeps flashing all the time. Now, I want to warn people, they book people to come out to do it, 
please look that they have got ID because two lots didn't. Really? They look like bikies with tattoos. <laughs> I wouldn't let them in the house. Right. But you do now have the NBN on in I, your home? I do. Do, and do you use it for internet? Has it and she has nothing but trouble. What sort of she trouble? What? The lady at the back, she had to get an electrician in, something mm. to do with um, the power or something. Is now, it the I phone line that she's using it for or is it internet? No. I don't know. We we both don't have internet. Yeah, so you're just using it for the phone. Okay. Just the phone. And I'd like to know why the box is flashing all the time. All right. So cutting to the chase, we've had Diana and Tom. Uh, do you have, have you had issues with your installers, Phil? Well, in this case with Diana, it's hard to say what it is because there's two boxes in the home that she's referring to. Uh, one could, if it's a Telstra service provider, one could be a Telstra box, one could be an NBN box. So I think what we need to do is get her problem sorted out. Typically, the first order of defense is to call the service provider, and mm-hmm. it sounds like that's Telstra. They'll come out and sort out whatever issues that may exist there. If it's okay. an NBN issue, we'll be right there as well. And, and, and Diana, I will represent to, to Telstra on your behalf, firstly. Right. Well, and, I've done that. I've done all those things. Oh, no, totally, but um, without being egotistical. He might have better luck. Now that you've been on the radio and complained, um, mm-hmm. I think Telstra will want to solve your problem. So let me let me talk to Telstra, and then we'll okay. also take your details for the NBN. Now, I will say to you that flashing light, yeah. I, I think, Bill, that's just the NBN. That's just – it's because it's the internet, right? It's a, it could be just a router or a modem, whatever it is. They but flash. They have a little – computer. Yes, I know, but you're basically now getting your phone line through a computer without having a computer, Diana. So what that little flashing light is, probably it's just the link working. It's, it's, it's data being sent back and forward, whether it's a phone call that you're on or, a, or just uh, your, your service, service provider's just checking your line con- continuously. continuously. Right. Well, someone at Telstra told me the flashing light, because I was worried about going away, it would start a fire, and they said it's the battery backup. Oh, right, so okay. you've got now, a battery yeah, backup. Look, you okay, you so need to hang. Just hang on. Can hang we there. fix Diana? We will, right we will get Telstra, uh, Telstra firstly, and then we'll uh, we'll send uh, or, it to the NBN. Or NBN, we'll be right there too. Yeah. With okay. You. Absolutely. Okay, we'll fix it some way or another. And Tricia, you're going to have to be the last one. And thank you all for your calls. They've been very good. Hi, Tricia. Oh, hi. Thanks so much for taking my call. No Thanks, problem. Trish. I'm just actually waiting for NBN to come back to me. I phoned them a few weeks ago, but I still haven't heard back from them. But what happened, they came out here. I actually live in Kayama, mm-hmm. and they've come back and they've dug out the front of our place up three times because they had a bit of a problem with it. Mm-hmm. But every time it rains now, you cannot walk out the front of our place. Even the postman won't drive over. Right, there. so it's not a service issue. It's about the the installation and the and the works that were done again. So it's a it's a follow up with the contractor. With the contractor, yes. Yeah. I'm trying to contact the guy that I got to know actually from Canberra. But mm. Well, good news. The well, CEO's here. I said, I'm still waiting to hear from them. Yeah, Trisha, we'd like to get your details and get this sorted out. And I think this is an important point that under the fiber to the prem rollout, uh, what we had to do is go in and trench through driveways and gardens and people like Trisha's homes. And that's very disruptive. The, the good news about moving to the MTM is we don't need to do that in the any other situation. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we leverage the existing facilities that are already there. We have so many customers that are so much happier not to have their homes mm. dug up like so the while case of Trish. Well, it's, well, it's disappointing yeah. that Trish has had that, and you'll follow that up with Trish. We'll, we'll get her details. Yeah, well, hang on a minute. Yeah. Um, it's, it's not going to happen as much anymore because you're not digging up as many homes. That's right. Okay. we got to go. In 60 seconds, tell the listeners what they need to do if they've got any of the issues we've discussed today. Go onto the website. Is that the best thing to do? It is. And, yeah, okay. 
that. So nbnco.com.au. And, Bill, thank you very much. Thank that you. Bill, it's been a pleasure having you here, and it's, it's yeah. good for people to be able to talk uh, directly about it without, yeah. all the, without all the fuss and fanfare. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I hope it was edifying for you all. Thanks, guys. Thank Thanks, you. Trip. See you next week. Thank you very Cheers. much, Bill. Bye-bye. All right, that's a wrap. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. It was a longer one because of the big two-UE insertion there, but I really enjoyed that chat. Bill is a top bloke, um, really down to earth, and you know he's a businessman, so he's trying to make this not only work for Australians, but also I think it'll turn into, you, you mark my words, episode 286, if I haven't said it before, in 15 years from now, when we're all older, we'll be talking about whether or not the $100 billion the government is making out of selling the NBN is enough return on our investment. Because there will be a huge cash injection into the government at some point in the future when they privatise the NBN. Because there's no need for it to be a government asset once it's built. The fact is, no private company would ever build a broadband network that offers consistency to the entire nation because it's not financially viable. So if the government can do it, then the whole of Australia will reap the benefits. And you have to give credit to the Labor Party and now the Liberal Coalition um, because it's, it's happening. Like it or lump it. Uh, thank you for listening. Jump on, on the on the web, eftm.com.au or Twitter at Trevor Long. Love to hear from you. Love to chat to you. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next week. Your Tech Life with Trevor Long.